you know, my deal is the book of Proverbs. I always like to start with a proverb of the day, and it's based on the date. So today's the fifth. I chose one of the proverbs out of chapter five, and I chose verse 21. For the ways of a man are before the eyes of the Lord, and God watches all of our paths. That's what that says. So before we jump into our, our message for today, could we just open in prayer? Let me pray. So God... Um, in your mercy, you've called us together in Christ to be under the authority, God, of your word. And uh, we've come with hungry hearts, thankful to be in your house, even though our own home is your house today, and thank thankful to be with your family wherever we are. We're grateful to be um, some subject to the power of your spirit, God, and, and we open your word respectfully. Would you cause your words to be more than just letters on a page? but instead to be food for our souls, light to our path, God. So feed us from your word today, and we ask God you to move in our hearts and guide us step by step through the week we face. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. By the way, I also want to tell you that when you connect to Crossroads Online Services, thanks for doing that, by the way, there are a lot of faces behind this that you don't see. Um, and I, I'm, I'm so grateful for our pastoral team and... Um, uh, you know, people who work really, really hard behind the scenes and ministries going on. We're actually busier now than when we could meet for some crazy reason. I don't know why that is. But Lisa and I specifically want to be, you know, we want to thank Pastor Seth and Pastor Steve and, and Rachel and, and Beth. And especially I want to thank Pastor Aaron, who's been really pulling hard to put this technically together. I'm so grateful for, for these men and women. I, I know you are as well. And I, I think it's appropriate for me to say that. So today I want to talk about carrying weight. <laughs> because I think some of us, maybe all of us at this moment, are carrying weight that we never imagined we'd have to carry. You know, what about weight? What, what is weight that I can carry for somebody else? And what do they have to carry for themselves? Or um, what can other people carry for me? And what do I have to carry myself? And we're headed towards a big question is, what can Jesus carry for me? And what do I have to carry myself? But before we get to our text, which is going to be in Matthew chapter 11, I want to take a quick visit to Galatians chapter 6. So Galatians is a great book, by the way. Great themes you find in the book of Galatians, you know, about our freedom in Christ, the fruit of the spirits mentioned there, how to walk in the spirit. It's a great book to spend time in. But I want to jump to chapter 6, starting in verse 1, where it says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression... You who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. And here it is. Bear, carry actually, it really means carry, carry one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You know, we're told here that we should carry each other's burdens. And I know you've probably heard lots of teaching on this. It's, it's fulfilling the law of Christ. And, and sometimes it's just people feel like they have more than they can carry. And we all go through these times, um, there are times of pain when um, then it's just too much. And it's really, really good then to be a part of a Christian family. Um, I don't mean your, your nuclear family, I mean part of the body of Christ where um, we're able to carry burdens with each other. And I see it happening at Crossroads Church all the time. I mean, I, I see it's providing meals for people who have had babies or they've been in surgery or they're facing something. So a whole bunch of people start packing up meals and delivering them and praying with people. And I see acts of compassion and I see, uh, 
um, practical helps of all different kinds. We have our Caring Hearts ministry, and there's so much going on. And by the way, thank you to those people who are involved in that. There's just lots of that. And there are lots of practical ways that, that I can see you carrying weight for each other. There are things that we can help each other carry. We can help, you know, if we were to make a list, we'd say, well, we help each other carry our pain. Or, um, you know, maybe we help each other financially, especially in a time of crisis. Or, or, or maybe when there's some sort of profound loss or grief. And there are lots of ways that you can just reach out to somebody and help them all on your own. And we should do that. The idea, idea here is that when life's just a little much, you know, when it's weighing heavily on us, we can help people carry these things. And that's awesome to do. And it's awesome to be a part of that. And it's awesome when it, hel when it helps you too. And if you keep reading, though, a little further down in this same passage of Galatians chapter 6, you know, you know God always brings some balance and some context. You get down to, to verse 5, and here's this. It says, for each will have to bear his own load. Okay. Um, you, you know, some people might look at that and say, well, which is it? Do we carry for each other or do we carry our own load? See, the Bible is full of contradictions like I said. Well, no, it's not. You know, it's, both are true. Some stuff you get help with. And some stuff you actually have to carry on your own. You know, each will have to bear his own load. Like what? Like what are the things that people have to carry on their own? What are the things that, that we have to carry on our own? Okay, here's some examples. Purity. No one can carry your weight of needing to be pure. You got to do that on your own. Um, salvation. Salvation is not because you hang out with people who are saved or because you go to church. Salvation, that's between you and God and you and God alone. Um, your own devotion or quiet times with the Lord or your obedience or your own level of self-control. No one else can carry the weight of your own self-control. It's something you choose and, um, you know, you can t we can teach each other and we can coach each other about self-control, but at the end of the day, my self-control is on me as it is on you. So there's a whole category. There is all kinds of examples of things that we have to carry. Some things people can help me carry. Some things I have to carry for myself. So now I want to jump back to our text, our primary text, and we're going to be in Matthew chapter 11, and it's, uh, it's got, chapter 11 has a bunch of different teaching segments from the ministry of Jesus. And we get down to verse 25, we're beginning a new topic. So here we go. And most of this is Jesus talking himself. At that time, Jesus declared, now Jesus is speaking. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things. And these things that Jesus is talking about are, are his teachings and, and his works. You have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to children, little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Now, Jesus is, is, is teaching here that God is sovereign. He's not saying, well, if you're smart, I'm not going to tell you things. He's saying that, that the choice of who the Lord reveals things to is sovereign. We don't earn the right to know those things. We don't get to know them because we're special. We get to get them because of God's sovereign choice. Verse 27, all things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. That's why some people, when they read the Bible, it's just words to them. 
you know, they find no life there. God knows that their heart are going to re- their heart's going to just re- not respond to the gospel. And we see this described in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. To people who are unsaved, they hear about Jesus dying on the cross paying for our sins and they go, that's whatever, and they just don't believe it. It's foolishness to them. The reason it's foolishness is because they're perishing. They're lost. They're not headed to heaven. If that's you, if you're within my, you know, within earshot of this message right now, and you're saying, well, that's how I feel when I hear about Jesus dying on the cross, that's so foolish, that's a sign that you're not headed to heaven, but you can change that, and the, and the gift of eternal life is free. We're going to work on that some today. We'll talk about that. Verse 19, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. In other words, the, the, the wisdom of wise people, people who think they're wise and think it's nothing compared to what God knows. Okay, so back to our text. Back and we're going to pick back up in verse 28. Come to me. This is Jesus talking again. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If you've been working hard to understand the things of God, the, the teachings of Jesus, and, and how you're going to apply them, if that sometimes just feels so weighty to you, verse 29, take my yoke upon you, notice whose yoke this is, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You know, to get to the main point that I want to land on today, and there's a main point today, we're going to walk on a, just a short trail right now, and we're going to get to that point. Okay, so first thing is, we've already talked about this. There are some things that we must carry. Second thing, sometimes those things that we must carry, they're heavy. Sometimes we have to carry some heavy things. So inevitably, there is still ahead of us in our tomorrows some seasons where we will have to carry some heavy things. You know, sometime in the future, there's a season for you of heavy lifting. It's coming if you're a Christian. So in the future, for you, for me, for us, seasons of heavy lifting are going to come. So here's the point. The weight of what we must carry can only find rest by learning to carry like Jesus. <laughs> Maybe if you've been a Christian long enough, you've heard this particular passage taught before, and you're already saying to yourself, yeah, I know, the yoke and the oxen, and I get the picture, Jesus carries the load, I get it. Really? Because maybe if that's really your perspective about this passage, you should buckle up, because we're going to work through this passage and find out what it really teaches. And um, I I just want to say, first off, I agree with the concept, so you can relax, I do agree, Cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you, First Peter. And there are, here's for you, your consumption, a list of scriptures that talk about what God will carry for you. This is by no means exhaustive. Um, it's just a bunch of examples of things that God will carry for you. Um, and I'm leaving it up for just a minute or two. I'm not going to teach these points, but you, if you want to look them up, take out your cell phone right now, take a photo of the screen, and come back to it later. There's a lot more than this, but I just want to get you started. Now, I have to say... I consider it one of the great privileges of my life, apart from the personal ones of my wife, spending my life with her and raising the kids that I have and living in the family that I grew up in. Those are tremendous privileges and gifts that God has given to Terry. But up there close is this privilege that I have for my life to study God's word. 
And a lot of times when I stand here on a Sunday, I, I'm cooking from a recipe that was written hundreds of years ago by other people who have studied God's word, and I'm studying what they're studying, and a lot of helpful stuff to help me get insights. But every once in a great while, I show up here for a Sunday service um, with something that has really radically rattled me to the core like I am today. I mean, because I believe that this passage is not teaching weight shifting to Jesus in the way that you and I have been thinking about it. I think a careful study of this text is going to show us that it's something far better, far better. And I mean that in a beautiful and, and, and awesome way. So, okay, let's get in. First, notice this very simple invitation, verse 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. There's two categories there, two self-identifiers, all who labor and all who are heavy laden. Now, labor is the idea of toil. You know, we feel tired, we feel exhausted from physical labor, but, and I think probably most of us have been tired before from physical labor. Um, we get that, and I hope that for people who work with their hands and they work manually, um, who have my highest respect, that you're not gonna be insulted now when I say that I don't think that the heaviest um, labor is manual labor. I think of people who lay awake um, with this burden for our children or, or people who have carried the weight of a struggling marriage or, or people who have uncertainty about their health and their future and maybe with a possibly with a shortened life or, or, or people who have rushed to the hospital um, to see if their child is still alive when they get there. So most of us would probably agree that Physical tiredness is, is where weariness begins, but um, physical tiredness is not the heaviest, heaviest weight that human beings carry. So when Jesus says, come to, to me all who labor, I don't think he's so much centering on people who are physically tired because you know, if you're that exhausted, a night or several good nights of good sleep will fix that. And Jesus quickly goes to this second category that's not as easily, you know, resolved or re remedied. Verse 28, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden. Now this word heavy laden was originally used describing loading a ship. And it's the idea of loading the ship to capacity. But over time, it came to mean overloading the ship um, or weighing it down. And eventually the word became, um, came to mean, as it's used here in the New Testament, burdening, not, not physical loading, but heavy laden means loading the soul. It's an emotional weight. You know, if I could use, um, you know, what I've experienced as, um, as a life example, and I'm certainly not asking you to see Terry as a model. I'm just telling you about my experience here in this, you know, more of an illustration of what's what's maybe being discussed here, but um, there are certain specific people in the body of Christ who have been called. I believe they've been called by God to pray for me, just as a covering for me because of of my spiritual responsibilities. And it's a God thing. It's I'm not talking about the family thing where your mother prays for you or your wife prays for you. Those are good and they're powerful and effective. But I'm talking about something a little bit different. And I can tell you that I I literally can feel it at times. And I would never come before you and say, you know, I'm weary, I'm worn out emotionally, I'm spent. But I've been there at times in my ministry. And I think all pastors get there at times. 
Now, I'm not whining about pastors. I think that's true of all of us, but, but I've been there, and I, I've actually sat with other really godly leaders who, and listened to them saying, I'm parched, I'm dry, I'm soul. I've got nothing to give to the flock. I've just seen them just bare, just, just done. And it's understandable. That's understandable, particularly for pastors, because the traje- traditional trajectory for pastors is at the very beginning of our ministry career, we're, we're all about working on the minister. You know, we're, we're learning, we're training, we're developing um, ministry, you know, we're doing those things. But then at some point, we mostly shift to where we're working on the ministry, no longer so much pushing and working on the minister. We're working on the ministry, and we work, and we work, and we work, and we're working on the ministry, and not so much. And, and it's easy to get to the place where, you know, um, the minister will say, I, I cannot carry one more pound. By the way, I'm not there, um, and I, I work hard at not getting there, and I also work hard at not allowing our pastoral team to get there. And I, and I, I hope that that's, um, you know, hope that's your thinking too. It's partly why the Sabbath is so important, and that's a rabbit trail I'm not going down. And I'm telling you this. Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because maybe if I go first, you know, maybe you see my vulnerability. You can summon up your own availability to be open to this incredible invitation that Jesus Christ is giving when he says, come to me all. Notice he's not anticipating a fractional response here. He's, he's looking for the majority response when he says, come to me all. Because the battle here is real. The enemy is fierce and the stakes are enormous. And sometimes we are so heavily burdened that we desperately need the real rest of Jesus Christ. And nothing else will do. Today, this message is about when it's too much to carry. And maybe for you, that's right this moment. It's just too much to carry. And there is no better invitation in the universe than Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus Christ is saying, when it's too much to carry, come here. And notice in this invitation the absence of condemnation. There's no, where have you been? There's no, why are you like this? There's none of that. Just come. There's this this absence of precondition. There's no, hey, get cleaned up first and then come. None none of that. There's no sign up here, agree to these things first, then. There's none of that. Just come. You know, religion has the order kind of messed up. Religion says, behave then believe, then belong. But Jesus Christ says, belong, then believe, and behave. You know, religion says, behave, believe, belong. And that's on every street corner in every empty, so to speak, um, church under some crazy steeple. That's religion. And Jesus says, belong, believe, behave. We know we share God's calling of belonging. He says, come. Come. And Jesus is saying he, he's welcome without, he welcomes us without judgment. He loves without condition. He forgives without limit. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, verse 28. And, and we're going to get back to that rest in a minute. Take my yoke upon you. Now, here's a picture of a yoke. 
And if you've been around a church, you've heard this passage. Um, it's almost always summarized with this, this agricultural concept where our weight is lifted because Jesus has a stronger neck than we do and he saddles up underneath this yoke with us. Um, but that's not what this verse is talking about. The whole two oxen and a yoke, um, yeah, that's 18th century agricultural um, preaching. People, people f- you know, who forget that in New Testament times, the people living then that Jesus was talking to, they had to, for example, go out with jars and collect water and carry the water back to their house. Everybody present when Jesus was making these comments knew what a yoke was. It was something you put over your shoulders to help you carry water into your house. It looked like this. It wasn't a yoke for sharing two animals. It was the yoke one person carried. Now, Jesus was, as, as he frequently did, he was using this carry uh, analogy saying, take my yoke upon you, my yoke. He's not saying, scoot over, Terry, and let me get into your yoke with you. That's not what he's saying here. He's saying, take my yoke. He says, I have a yoke for you, Terry. I want you to put it on. It's my yoke. I'm the master of this yoke, and I want you to carry it. Do you catch that difference? Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, this word learn here is um, a particular kind of learning. It's, it's, it's not like you go to school to learn. It's, it, it's learn this once and get it kind of learning. How many times does it take to, um, to, to learn you know, the, the lesson, don't touch the stove? How many times does it take to learn the lesson, ice cream tastes good? <laughs> you know, I shouldn't tell you this because it's a little bit embarrassing, but I, <laughs> you know, how old were you when you learned that um, you know, you're outside as a little boy or little girl and you're playing and you're having so much fun and you don't want to stop playing, but you kind of got to go and it's getting a little more urgent, but you're having fun and um, you have a fairly good sense of how much time is needed to stop what you're doing and run home and get there just in time. Um, and make it, um, and um, there was a, probably at least once, probably was an occurrence where you didn't do your calculations quite right to make it home in time. <laughs> that's not, <laughs> that's the idea that Jesus is teaching here, not to get home in time to make it to the bathroom, but he's teaching here, you learned this once, and then you get it. You don't have to learn this over and over again. That's what he's saying. He's saying, learn from me. It's, it's, you know, I have to say it's a little bit humiliating for me, for Terry, to come before you and tell you today um, that I learned this thing in this passage that Jesus is teaching me since the last time you and I were together for church. But it's still good to be learning, right? So take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Okay, so Jesus, what is it that you want me to learn? Seems like it's a little counterintuitive what's going on here. It says, all of us are coming who labor and we're heavy laden and we hear the voice of, of Jesus. Hey, you know, everybody who has too much to carry, come over here. And, and, and when we get to him in the passage, it doesn't say, here, let me carry that for you. Instead, he says, hey, Terry, let me show you how to carry. Let me show you how to carry. I, I remember one time I was... Um, um, going bear hunting with a friend 
and uh, we were leaving early, early in the morning. We drove for quite a ways, and we had picked where we were going to go, and it was way up in these mountains. And um, so we had parked the car and headed up this trail, and it was, we were going to be hiking for several hours to get to where we expected the, the bears to be at first light. And I went up the trail ahead of, and we started, I started charging up the trail, and my friend's behind me, and, and after about 10 minutes, he says, hey, Terry, hold, stop for a minute. So I stopped, and he walked past me and said, I'll lead. And all of a sudden, I found myself right behind him because he was going slower. Not because he was in poor shape. He was in better shape than I was. But he was teaching me that if I didn't pace myself, he was teaching me how, how to walk. My friend was teaching me how to walk. A grown man, he was teaching me how to walk. And Jesus is saying, I want to teach you how, how to carry. Because sometimes the reason that why we're laboring and heavy laden has nothing to do with, the, with, with something that's happened to us. It's because of how we carry. And what he offers here is not a lift, but a way. It's not an offload, but a method. And here's the method. Learn from me. My yoke is two things, two, two, two ways to lighten your carry. Two things that make carrying um, either heavy or light. One is a people thing, and the other is a personal thing. To make the carry lighter with people, there's two words, gentle and humble. Gentle in this text means not over-rigorous, not overly concerned, uh, unduly concerned with my rights, with my due. Gentle. So the question to ask myself and for you to ask yourself is how much is in the bucket because I have to have what's mine. And now because I wasn't gentle, how much ends up in my bucket? You know, I didn't get my raise at work, so I had to go tell my boss about it. And now I'm wondering if I still have a job. Or my daughter didn't call me back. And I reacted poorly, or, or I got into this big argument with this guy today at work, or I let that guy who cut me off on the freeway know how I feel with some hand signals. You know, Jesus doesn't ever do any of that. My yoke is easy and light. That's why he has rest, and sometimes why I don't. You know, sometimes God lets us feel the weight of all that that garbage we created that's in the bucket, by we created it by not being gentle or not being humble. You've got those two buckets that you're carrying. Paint those words on there, gentle and humble, and fill them equally. It'll make things go so much either. They do go together. Gentle is how I relate to people, and humble is how I relate to myself. It's, it's how I see myself. It's how, how I, I want to be thanked, how I want to be viewed, how I want to be treated. And if you spend a lot of time evaluating how you want to be thanked, how you want to be treated. If you spend your time on those things, before long, you're going to have a very, very heavy weight on your shoulders. Those are things that Jesus doesn't carry, ever. I can tell you that I know that the Lord has been shaping and building and polishing those character qualities in my life for a long, long time. He's not done. (laughs) And I'm not going to go into right now all of the awesome things the incredible things that he's done in my life. I'm just going to tell you that, this, that his word here is so awesome and this invitation is so wonderful. Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. 
Come to me, all you who labor and are heavily laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. One time, get this settled, never forget this again. For I am gentle, and this, this passage says lowly, and means humble, I'm gentle and humble, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. When I feel like it's too much that I carry, I, I need to look in my buckets and ask, how much of it's in there because I wasn't gentle and I wasn't humble? It's a great question to ask. As we let the Lord just kind of marinate our soul with his word, I think it's time for us to go to him in prayer. Let me pray for you. Would you let me? And I, before I do that, I should tell you too that you know, as this message and as this service are, are um, available online, there are people who are praying for you right now, praying for you. And I want to do that too. So Lord, help us to be open-hearted and Lord, we ask you to reveal the Father to us. We started out understanding that we would only know the Father because you reveal him to us, and it's your choice. We want to be chosen. <laughs> we want to be chosen. We want to be people who, who, Lord, your word tells us that when no one comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws him, we, we just ask to be drawn there, Lord. Help us to get this. Help us to get this idea of gentle. Help us to get this idea of humble. Help us to see what we've been carrying because we needed to be more gentle and we needed to be more humble. Thank you, Lord, that we're not too old to become more like you today. And while we're praying, I just would want to say to all of you who are listening, if you um, have heard the message of the cross, but, and in the past it's been maybe foolishness to you, but right this moment, there's something in your soul that says, mm, I should check this out. Don't overlook that moment. That's the Holy Spirit saying, come on, there's something of truth in life here. And scripture promises us, it says, all who call on the name of Jesus will be saved. Now, Jesus was very bold. He wasn't a good man. He wasn't a prophet. He was the son of God. He is the son of God. And he taught this too. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, with that statement recorded in history in scripture, Jesus saying nobody gets to heaven without going through me, Jesus. You have to decide is he actually the son of God, the way to heaven, or is he just a lunatic? There's no middle ground. You can't say, oh, Jesus was a good guy, although I reject his teachings. You have to instead say, it's the truth. Then it comes down to you. Will you open your heart to the king? I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm not asking you to change you, you, who you are and become someone else. You, the Christ, when you become new in Christ, you will become a new man or woman because the Lord will transform you. Instead of always being shaped the way the world goes, the Lord will shape you into a godly person. You're going to find peace and hope when you know Christ. And having eternity settled, having your name in the Lamb's book of, of life is a good thing. It's a good thing. So I encourage you, if you've never opened your heart to the Lord before, just right now say, God, I want to get this right with you. I want eternity settled with you. I don't understand all this, but I know that you are the Son of God and I want you to be my Savior. It's as simple as that. Pray that prayer. Just say that to God privately or out loud and then tell somebody what you did. I believe the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you. I want to pray for you. Lord, to those who are hearing your, your, your word, let your spirit do what only your spirit can do and that is change a human heart. Fill us all with life, Lord. Help us all to be a part of what you are doing to care for those around us in the best ways we can. 
Now, Lord, um, I, I also want to pray for our community and our nation and our world. I pray, God, for the stopping of the spread of this virus and for the increasing of the spread of hope. I pray, Lord, that those who are making decisions would somehow begin to see things they need to see and do things they need to do and lead the way they need to lead so that people might be spared. I pray for mercy and I pray for grace. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name.